Well, it is amazing to be with you. So thankful for technology during this season that we can join together and uh, spend time together going through God's word. If you've got your copy of God's word, if you'll take that out and turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4. Before we do that, let me just say a brief word about Mother's Day that is coming up and all the mamas said amen and all the fathers and the kids are a little bit nervous because Mother's Day, I'm just being honest honest is a little bit stressful for dads and for kids on a normal year and it is a bit heightened during this season of what are we going to do for mom. I know that in my life, look, I know this isn't just a natural talent. I get it. It's something that I need to work on. It's something that I need to do better at, but I am not the world's best gift giver. And so May is a little bit of a stressful month for me. I've got Mother's Day anniversary back to back. In fact, this day, they fall on the same day. And then that is bookended by my brother's birthday and my dad's birthday. And so there's just a lot going on. And so um, I know I bring this on myself because I procrastinate, but I had, a, I had a breakthrough moment yesterday. And I just want to share this small miracle with you that my wife came home from grocery shopping and she walked in the driveway and she looks at me and she held up a bag and she says, this is what what you got me for Mother's Day. Come on, somebody, somebody rejoice with me and say, praise the Lord. That's an amazing wife right there. Thank you, baby. Go ahead and get yourself something for Christmas while you're at it. Like, let's keep this ball rolling. But for, the, for, for all of us, uh, we just want to create a moment for Mother's Day next weekend. Listen, what does, what does mama want for Mother's Day? I don't know, but I bet you here's one thing that she wants. She wants for the family to be together right? And if we can't be together physically, then we can be together digitally. We have created a service, or we're in the process of putting together a service. It's kind of like those of you that saw Good Friday, think of that kind of template with some, some music and preaching points kind of woven together. It's going to be inspiring. It's going to be fun. It's going to be beautiful. It's called A Thousand Generations. We're talking about passing on the blessing. And so listen, every dad, every brother, every daughter, every son and moms you can do this too I want to challenge you let's get the family together wouldn't it be cool to get the family together for mom for Mother's Day and so you can go on our Facebook page and uh, you can go to now don't do it now don't click off of me I'm not giving you permission to leave this message if you've got another device you can do it or after the service go on our CFA Church Facebook page or CFA uh, Davidson Facebook page and you can access this and this is what I need everybody to do. I need you to click going and then share. So click going and click share and start tagging every cousin, every aunt, every relative, and we want to bring the family together. You can have a family watch party. There's all different kinds of ways. Maybe you want to do a Zoom call at the end of the message, but it's going to be super fun, and we want to do that. Well, I want to dive in now to week two of our series as we continue to talk about exiting COVID, exiting COVID, we don't know when, but we know we will, and we want to exit COVID better on the other side. And so we've been talking about a couple of things. The first thing is this, is that how you exit, how I exit one season is how I enter the next. 
Uh, Pastor John, my friend Pastor John sent me a picture of LeBron. This was on LeBron's Instagram page. And LeBron is at home, and this is what LeBron is doing in his spare time. He's, get, he's getting ready. So when Adam Silver makes the announcement, when Adam Silver gives LeBron a call and says, hey, the season is on, LeBron is saying, I am preparing myself now to be ready for when the season opens back up. And again, we don't... We don't know. It may be next week. It may be next year. But LeBron says, if it opens, I'm going to be ready. So LeBron is not on his couch eating Doritos and binge, uh, binge watching Netflix. And then the call from Adam Silver comes and he all of a sudden, boom, I'm in game shape. No, you've got to prepare yourself now during this season so that when things open back up and I want my job, my assignment is to preach you into game shape. I'm going to preach you into game shape because I'm telling you, you're better on the other side of this. You're stronger. You have more faith. You're more generous. Your praise is deeper. I see you on the other side and yet you cannot wait until you get to the other side. You've got to start now. So last week we talked about how do we want to exit COVID? I want to exit COVID praising. I want a posture of praise. When that cell door opens and, and, and when that opens wide, I don't want God to find me complaining. I don't want him to find me negative. I don't want to, him to find me hurt or bitter or rehearsing offenses or going over in my mind all that could have been. I'm coming out praising. Come on, somebody. And I'm not going to come out praising if I don't start praising. So I choose I choose midnight praise because that's the other thing. When everything else is taken from us, we may not choose what happens to us, but we choose our response. And so we not only choose a 6 p.m. praise, which is a praise when everything goes right for us. No, we choose a midnight praise that is praise at a deeper level even at midnight, and today I want to preach to you about this. I choose overflowing generosity. I choose overflowing generosity. See, when it comes to generosity, you can have a couple of mindsets. You can have a scarcity mindset, or you can have an overflowing mindset. Here's what a scarcity mindset is. A scarcity mindset hoards and consumes what you have in times of crisis. A scarcity mindset says there's only so much and I'm gonna get mine, so I better hold on to it or I better spend it or I better accumulate stuff. An overflow mindset pours what you have in times of crisis. So let me just get real practical. A, a scarcity mindset, when you got your stimulus check, a scarcity mindset went out and immediately bought a new television and just hoarded the rest and didn't give a set. Sent an overflow mindset said, who can I bless? Who can I buy some groceries? Here's my tithe before I do everything else. Pastor, you're being a little bit real. Well, I'm telling you, you need somebody to be real. 
deal in your life. You don't need, this is not a time where you need a pastor to candy coat and sugar coat things. You need somebody that's gonna speak deep truth and not skirt around biblical issues. But here's the thing, you can use this opportunity to go from a poverty mentality and a scarcity mindset to where you say, Doug, my family has always, we've, ne- we've always had lack, we've always been scared, the paycheck comes and I don't even know where it went, I couldn't follow our expenses, I don't know how much we spend on this. No, you are going to move, you're gonna shift right now in the name of Jesus from a scarcity mindset to an overflow mindset. You're gonna change your family tree right now in the name of Jesus. Your children are gonna live blessed and their children, I have, your children's children are going to live blessed and you're, gonna, you're going to begin to live in overflow. You're gonna begin to live in abundance. You're gonna begin to live in financial peace in the name of Jesus because choices that you make during defining moments in your life will stay with you for generations. I believe, I believe, and I need to do the research on this. It's a hunch. I bet there's some science that can back me up that choices, that we make in the midst of crisis can sometimes be the things that set us forward or back for the next season. And I want you to choose overflowing generosity. Our narrative that we're gonna be flowing through today comes out of 2 Kings chapter four. And let me begin the story. One day, a widow of the member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead. And you know that he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. I want somebody to notice and somebody needs to hear this. The church, sometimes bad things happen to good people. This person was a servant of the Lord. He was a prophet. He was studying for ministry. This was a family that was in ministry. And the crisis of the day, which was a famine, hit people that were not serving God and it hit people that were serving God. And somebody needs to be reminded today that is serving God and tithing and in ministry and you lost your job, that God has not left you. God's not abandoned you. Your anointing is not gone. All of that, sometimes, sometimes bad things can happen to good people. We are not immune as the people of God. We are not immune to times of famine, but there is provision in times of famine. And I'm going to preach you. I'm going to preach you into provision. And so to operate in this overflowing generosity, I want you to jot a couple of things down as you're taking notes. And I know that you're taking notes. Begin, begin, number one, begin with what's in the house. Begin with what's in the house. Verse two, what can I do to help you? Elisha asked, tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except. She says nothing. If you've got a paper copy of God's word, I want you to circle that word nothing. And then I want you to circle the word except. Nothing except because do you see the beginning of the change of mindset 
She is beginning to go from a scarcity mindset to an overflow mindset. And it begins with one difference of one word, nothing except. Here's what I know that the enemy wants for you during this season. The enemy wants to, you to focus on the nothing. I don't have this. I've lost this. This is closed. This is shut down. I can't do this anymore. I haven't seen this person. No, stop in the name of Jesus nothing except. I want you to move. I want you to shift to accept. You got something. Come on, say that out loud. I got something. I've got an accept. Except I lost my job. Except I got an idea. Except I've got a relationship. Except I've got a connection. Except I've got provision. Except you have an accept. And God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, right now is going to begin to shift your mindset from a nothing mindset that is focused on all that is wrong in the world to an accept. Come on, I'm preaching and accept into somebody's situation and into somebody's living room today. Accept. Everything has been taken from me. Accept Jesus. If, you're, if your accept is Jesus, then you got a big, big accept. You got a powerful accept. I got nothing Accept. And then somebody needs to know this. Your miracle is already in the house. Elisha looks to the widow and he doesn't say, he doesn't say, look out your window. He doesn't say, look at your neighbor. He doesn't say, compare your job to somebody else's. He doesn't say, hey, hey, that person, that person, their husband is still living if God loved you. All, all of those things, right, that the enemy will feed your mind and flood your mind during times of crisis. The enemy will use your own internal monologue and he'll put it on overdrive. No, Elisha said this. Your miracle is already in the house. Can I encourage you that I believe your miracle is already in the house? Here's what we do. We have the propensity to look at other people's lives, other people's stuff, other people's situation. And when you do that from a distance, everything looks better than what you got. Everything looks. So this is a picture of my neighbor's field. And it's one that before I turn into my driveway, it's the last side. I love the field and I love, and, and I don't even really feel like this picture does it justice because during April and the beginning of May, the yellow comes out. I don't even know what it is, but it's yellow, it's gold, it's vibrant. And so when the sun hits that, it's absolutely beautiful. It looks perfect. And, and you can't see in the picture, but it's a, a gorgeous, just two-story wooden barn at the end of that. And the, the white fence and all, all of that. And from a, from, a dis, from a distance, everything looks perfect. And yet, if you just look down, you'll find, you'll find well, you'll find in that field that there's, there's some stuff in the field, and here's what I know, that when you look at anything, when you look at anything from a distance, it might look perfect. But when you get up close, there's some stuff. 
stuff. And so what happens, can I, can I just tell you this? Anything in life worth having, there's some stuff in the field. You gotta walk through some stuff in the field and we can, if we're not careful during this season, we'll look out on some, oh, I wish I had somebody else's house. I wish I had their job. I wish I had their kids. I wish I had their degree. I wish I had their bank account. I wish, I wish, and we will want somebody else's field and not realize that there's some stuff in their field and also not realize that your miracle is not in your neighbor's field. Your miracle is in your house. And can I tell you that one of the things, one of the things that Jesus may be doing during this season of quarantine, during this season of shelter at home is remind you what you You've got somebody needs to look around their living room right now and be reminded what you have. Somebody needs to, as the old hymn says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Your miracle is not, not out there. Your miracle is already in the house. The second thing is this, to operate in overflowing generosity, we gotta, we gotta have some shut the door moments. You, you, you gotta have some shut the door moments. See, in verse three, Elisha says this. He says, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Let me say this. It is not a lack of dignity to ask for help from friends and neighbors and your church during a time of crisis. Do you hear me? That's what your relatives are for. The Bible says start in the family, start in and then, and then your church family. That's what the church is for. That's what your tribe is for. Do not let a false sense of pride stop you from asking for help if you need help during a time of crisis. Verse four, then go into your house with your sons and shut the door. Go into your house with your sons. Don't you think that this is a defining moment for her boys? That, that piece that Pastor Jerry and the team put together earlier was so powerful. I, lo I love, I love the picture. I, I, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Don't, 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 hear, don't hear me wrong. This is, this is horrible. It's evil. It's not from God. Diseases is from the enemy. God didn't cause it, but he can use it. And I believe that God will use this to shape Generation Z in a positive way. I'm telling you, these two boys, Boys. These two boys had an encounter. When mama shut the door, they knew that mama was up to business. They, they, they knew that she was going to hit her knees and begin to cry out to God. And I believe that that moment of seeing how their parent reacted during a time of crisis set the flow of prayer and generosity for the rest of their lives. Generation Z, let your pastor speak over you. You are going to be better on the other side. You're going to be tougher. You're going to be stronger. You are not going to be entitled. The only thing you're entitled to is a job and a prayer closet. Come on, Generation Z, you're going to rise up. You're going to be the next great generation, the next World War II generation. This is going to define your 
character and you're going to rise up. And I see the next generation coming out of this generous, coming out of this, leading us into revival. And so, parents, I want to encourage you. Your kids are seeing a lot of different sides of you right now because they're seeing more of you than they've ever seen. And they're going to see the flaws and they're going to see some frustration. They're going to see that's part, that's part of this stuff that when you get close to any field, it's in any field. Any field has some stuff. But watch this, parents, don't miss this as an opportunity to have some shut the door moments with your kids and saying, kids, we're going after God. We're praying. We're believing for provision. God is not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. It's a defining moment. And then to operate in overflowing generosity, here's the final thing. We have to pour our way from lack to overflow. We got to pour our way from lack to overflow. Can I, can I encourage someone that feels like you're running on empty? Maybe you feel like you're, you're running on fumes, you're running on empty. The, the frontline worker who comes home and you don't feel like you have anything left to give for your family, you're homeschooling your kids and, and your spouse comes home from work and you're a little bit short with your spouse. The leader who's trying to lead an, an entire multi-layered, multi-employee business or, or a company from behind a camera and a, and a Zoom meeting. The extrovert who needs to be around people. The, the person who is craving just some physical touch. You lost your job or your job is going bananas and you're working 70 hours a week and you feel like you're running on empty. Listen to your pastor. You don't need to run on empty anymore. You just need to pour on empty. You need to pour on empty because there's a difference. Elisha says this. He says, pour olive oil. Pour olive oil from your flask. Pour olive oil. Can you imagine how ridiculous that that sounded to the widow? Can you imagine the scarcity mindset and the poverty spirit that was probably warring through her every thought in that moment? Poor Poor, are you kidding me, Elisha? We're in national, and Elisha, in case you didn't watch the news, we're in the middle of a crisis and you're telling me to pour. Elisha, in case you haven't checked, my husband is dead and the creditors are knocking on the door. Elisha, in case you haven't looked in my jar, I'm down to my last bit of oil. How dare you? Elisha, how dare you tell me to pour? And yet that wasn't her response. Her response was a response. I don't know how she felt, but she acted in faith. Do you know that you don't have to feel it to act in faith? Sometimes faith is an act of obedience when you don't feel it at all. Sometimes it's giving when you're scared. Sometimes it's writing the tithe on the giving online when you don't know where the groceries are coming from. Poor, poor. Do you know how, do you know how I believe maybe, maybe the widow was able to pour? 
you, you see what's connected to this jar, don't you? Oh, well, well maybe, maybe you don't because it's invisible. But, but I promise you it's there. I promise you it's there. See, see, in every jar of life, there's an invisible hose. There's an invisible cylinder that comes out of the bottom of the jar. And it's connected to the resource of heaven. But the thing is, it's not activated while it's sitting still. It's only activated. There's a little, fla there's a little flapper, there's a little stopper in there. And that stopper is only activated. It only opens up when I begin, when I begin to pour. When I begin to pour, when I'm scared and I still pour when I'm lonely and I still pour. And as she began to pour, what she did is she activated the flow of heaven. She activated the resources of heaven. She understood, let me give you a spiritual law. It's called the law of the oil, the law of the oil. And it simply goes like this, the law of pouring oil, if you lack oil, pour oil. In other words, whatever you lack, pour that. If you lack joy, start pouring some joy into somebody else's life. If you lack peace in your home, start speaking words of peace into somebody else's life. If you lack finances, begin to pour finances. It's the law of the oil and whatever you lack, you begin to pour that and you tap into the resources of heaven because I'm telling you, what do you have to lose? All you got is a little bit of oil anyways it's going to run out anyways so I'm about to pre what do you got to lose if you don't have anything to lose you're actually in a really good spot because this is set up for a miracle if you're in a place where only God can come through then you're in a great place because only God is going to come through and God is going to get the praise on the other side God's going to get the glory on the other side your job isn't going to get the glory your boss isn't going to get the glory your degree isn't going to get the glory. God's going to get the glory. I need somebody to begin to believe for things in your life and in your situation that only God can do, that only God can provide. I want to come out of this thing on the other side with some COVID miracles in my life that have accessed the flow of heaven into my situation. I was, I was weed eating last week. And, and I, saw I saw this coming. I knew this was coming, but I kept, I kept pushing the limits. I kept pushing the limits. By the way, if you think something's good in your life, just go try to go outside and try to do yard work and start something. Like start a weed eater that's been sitting all winter. Start, start, start your blower. Start your lawnmower. Start your chainsaw, right? That'll, that'll put your faith to the test. And so I knew my weed eater has what a lot of, uh, a lot of these types of, of lawn equipment tools have. It has a, a priming bulb. It has a priming bulb. I, know, I don't know if the camera can can zoom in on here and I'll try and be still, but it has a little priming ball. 
And this bulb is connected. It connects the source of your fuel to something. And I probably should have researched what's on the other side of that because it would have made me sound smart. Like I know a little bit of something about small engines and I don't. So it connects the fuel to the stuff in the engine that makes the engine run there. How's that for, for making your pastor sound real smart? But all I know, what I know is that there's a little hose that goes into a little chamber and the, there's a priming bulb and you gotta press, you gotta press this bulb four, five, six times. And by doing that, it gets the fuel flowing. See, everything on the other side of this priming bulb can be in perfect operation. It, the, the motor, the carburetor, the filters, the, everything can be fine. You can have at the other end of your weed eater, you can have your, your, your string, your weed eater cord all wrapped and it can not be jammed and it can be perfect. But this priming bulb had not just one, one crack, but it had multiple cracks and it was, it was split open. And I would try to like cover everything with my thumb and so I could create that vacuum and get the fuel flowing. Well, last weekend it finally, it finally I couldn't do it anymore. And the entire weed eater didn't run correctly just because I couldn't access the flow. See, there was plenty of fuel, but I couldn't access the flow. Do you know what this priming bulb is in your life? It's called generosity. And generosity begins with returning the tithe to the Lord. Pastor, why are you preaching about the tithe? Don't you know that more lost people are watching this than ever before? No, please hear me. Please hear me. You don't want a pastor that knows how to access the resources of heaven and doesn't tell you, you don't want that. I would be so cruel during a time of economic crisis not to teach you biblically how to access the resources of heaven. And I'm telling you, you this is the key to the flow. Everything on the other side will begin to work. Everything, I'm not saying that tomorrow, I'm just saying in general, life works when we begin to access overflowing generosity. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Somebody's gonna shift their mindset right now. Right now, I don't know what you're staring at. You may, may be staring at lack. You may be staring at feel, uh, fear. You may be staring at anxiety. Maybe, maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you got, maybe you're one of the neighbors that, got all, that has all kinds of jars right now. Hey, don't you, don't you love this? Don't you love this? There's actually two people that give in this story. The, the widow pours out of her lack but the neighbors give jars out of their overflow. I know I said I was about to pray, but this is a word, this is a word for somebody. Some of, some of you feel like you're the widow 
and you're down to one jar with a little bit of oil, some of you have a job that's going crazy during the season. Some of you are getting bonuses like crazy during the season and you got more joy, jars than you know what to do with. So watch how, watch how the body of Christ does this. Those that have extra jars give their extra jars and those with lack give out of their lack and it all accesses, it comes together and it works together to access the same resource of heaven. Now, for real this time, with heads bowed and eyes closed, somebody just needs to make a decision. Pastor, I'm coming out of this, not with a scarcity mindset. I'm coming out of this, not with a poverty spirit. I am coming out of this, not just generous, but overflowingly exceeding generous. I'm gonna start to tithe. I'm gonna start, you might as well. Here's what the tithe is. It says, God, I trust you. None of it is mine anyways. It's all yours and I wanna access Father right now in the name of Jesus. I bless somebody with the resources of heaven. I bless them to tap into a flow that they didn't even know that was there. And this is so much, this is about so much more than money. I bless somebody to tap, to tap in to a source of joy that they didn't even know was there. To tap into a source of peace that they didn't even realize existed. To tap into a source of provision that they didn't know could be possible. I bless them in the name of Jesus to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to their purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.